The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca, and we are doing our master's class with our masters of the ring. Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, Mark Henry. And listen, Mark, it's good to have you, Mark. I know you're excited about the topic today. Oh, man, this is one for the ages, Dave. I hope you're ready. I am. Bully, I know you're excited for today's I'm topic. so excited, and I just can't just hide can't it. I lose control, and I think I like it. I like it. I'm oh, so excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just can't hide it. Tommy Dream is getting bigger at... I don't know. Oh, stop it, you two. Come on. At least for 20 minutes, can we show some decorum here? And Tommy, I know that you're excited for the topic today. I'm very excited for the topic today. I don't, uh, I have so many and I don't know how I can narrow it down just to one. Well, the topic today, for those who don't know, is dream matches that never happened. And I have a couple that I'm going to throw out there. And I know each and every one of you have one. So, Bully, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to start with you today, Bully. Bully, what's your dream match that never happened? I'm not going to go with a personal dream match that I wanted to see happen. I'm going to go with the dream match that fans have told me that they wanted to see, which hasn't happened. And I'm sure I've discussed this on the show before. Personally, I would have loved for it to happen. Personally, I know Devon would have loved for it to happen. And fans, uh, whether it's on social media or to our face, always say that they wanted to see the Dudleys and the Road Warriors. And uh, it would have been great to be able to wrestle the road warriors. We thought it was going to happen. I'll never forget Monday night raw in Philadelphia, where they brought the road warriors back for one night. And it was the road warriors versus Rob Van Dam and Kane. And I'll never forget me and Devon were standing backstage and we saw Hawk and animal come into the arena through the loading docks. And they was, they, they were stopped by a couple of the couple of the agents or whatever. And they were talking to, some people, they still had their bags in their hand. And me, Devon, and Hawk had locked eyes. And we saw each other probably from about, I don't know, 20 to 30 yards away. And we all just started smiling. And he had this big smile on his face. Like, he was just as excited as we are. Because I think they knew that that was the plan. 
Unfortunately, I don't think they knew what they were going to be doing that night. And it didn't exactly go to plan. There were two sides to the story. Some say Hawk didn't want to take the five star and do the job and thus got right up and got out of the ring. There's another side of the story that says that Hawk just got up and got out of the ring because he thought that that was supposed to happen right after the segment was over. Whatever it was, uh, the Road Warriors coming back to the WWF at that time only lasted one night. And I, I was kind of, I, I was as disappointed as I've ever been in in wrestling because I thought this was going to be the one opportunity that me and Devon ever had to wrestle who I consider to be the greatest tag team of all time. So bully, what you're saying is like you said that, that, that only happened for one night, but the plan was for that to be a lot longer and for you all to get into the ring. Correct. I, I believe from what I was told, yes, they were bringing the road warriors back to work with the Dudleys, but there are a lot of stories out there, and I don't know what you – and, Tommy, I don't remember. Were you working at this time, or were you office at this time? No, I was there. Um, I don't know what I was, but Rob Van Dam Kane, I was wrestling. Um, I don't remember the specifics of it either. It was just uh, one of those weird, wonky things. And, and it, like I said, it was what it was. It didn't last more than one day. Very disappointed. You know, Hawk and Animal no longer with us, you know, up there in that great wrestling ring in the sky. Later on, once me and Devon got to TNA, we did get to wrestle um, the Steiner brothers. And then we did have a match in Chicago against Rick Steiner and Road Warrior Animal, uh, which was nice to be able to wrestle a Steiner and a, and, uh, and a Road Warrior. So, yep, that was the dream match that, you know, the the fan in me would have liked to have seen, but that's the one that fans all over the world constantly uh, say to me, and I know they say to Devon, we would have loved to seen Dudley's Road Warriors. Uh, that would have been, yeah, you're right, a dream match, and unfortunately we never got to see that. Mark, a uh, dream match that never happened. Man, I would have, I, I, I got two, but I got one that I really want to expound on. Um, Kurt Angle and, and Brian Daniels uh, or Daniel Bryan um, I think it was like 06, 07, 08 somewhere in there and there was an opportunity and it didn't happen and damn it <clears throat> I wanted it I wanted to see that because just to be a fan of both guys that could do anything at any time but currently, uh, it's never happened before. I mean, it may happen. There's two different companies. But, man, how much money would I pay to see Seth Rollins and Kenny Omega? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm minimum, I mean, minimum, I, I pay 500 bucks to, to get a, uh, a three-row front row to third row seat to see those two guys go. And I don't care about stipulations. I don't care about time limits. I would pay to see them two guys in the ring because they both can do anything and they have done everything and they will do it again. The, the match that they could have could be uh, bigger than a WrestleMania match. Mark, along, along those same lines, just I don't know why this just popped into my head. Seth versus uh Seth versus Kenny 
or Randy versus Kenny? Ooh. I, I think Seth because Seth is a risk taker. He'll he'll, he'll Randy is uh could have a spectacular match with either one of those guys and has had uh Randy had one of the best matches I've ever seen with Seth Rollins. You think and, Seth is be more willing to work a Kenny style? Yes. Okay. And and you even with the uh Snapdragon suplexes and stuff like that, Randy's not going. Randy, that's a, that's a good not, point. Yeah, that's a good point. Randy's not that guy. And can you imagine uh, the sequences of suplexes that led to stuff off the top or off the ropes? Bro, like the storytelling, I know Seth would want to try to hurt Kenny in some way to make him not be 100%. And Kenny, his, his strength in wrestling is to put guys in – uh, holes and situations where they're not, not used to being in and trying to force them to make a mistake. So both guys would, would put together a chess match that fit their individual abilities. And I just think that it would be hard-pressed to be, to find another match currently going on right now um, other than Roman Reigns and The Rock that I would be able to, that I would be willing to pay $500 to see. Well, let me ask you this, Mark, because you're right. They're in two different companies. I mean, this match could happen at some point. The crazy world of pro wrestling is always changing, and we've seen things over the last year that we never thought would happen in a wrestling ring. Where would you rather see that match take place? Would you rather see that match take place in the WWE, AEW, or maybe a, a Wrestle Kingdom main event at the Tokyo Dome? I, I, was, I would rather see a, a Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. Um the um, in, in the, the, the pay per view could be called the best of the best, and not to steal it from a movie, but um, you can have matches uh, from all over. And um, I mean, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get that match, then right 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 in between or uh, right before intermission, uh, if it was a live event. I and, and and Mark Henry booking, man. I want to get Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson and Okada. You know, I think I mean, I'd get, like to see that match in front of an AEW crowd. I understand why you're saying the Tokyo Dome, but I think an AEW crowd would make that match just off the charts, a come alive. Yeah. They would eat it up, yeah. bully, because I don't know if the WWE universe would appreciate that match as much as an AEW fan base would. Am I wrong in saying that? I think the AEW fan base would eat that match alive. I think the WWE fan base would love it if it was more of a Seth style. Seth is going to incorporate the psychology. That's why I asked Mark about Randy, because Randy would incorporate a little bit, of, a, a lot more psychology, but Mark is right. There are certain things that Kenny does, like right off the bat, those Snapdragons. Randy's just going to say no, because Randy's an extremely smart worker, and he's going to protect his body from anything that is that where the reward is not going to pay off the risk. So I just think that AEW audience is the way to go. Tommy, what do you think? Uh, I like neutral Can, can I add another one to that card since we're doing a hypothetical? 
No? Sure. Sodom Singh and Amos. Battle okay. of the Giants. Okay. Wrestling. Put that on the card too. Yeah, I'll, I'll raise I'll raise it to six hundred bucks. Get get, get you get you tickets and I'll and I'll pay you back. <laughs> Tommy, right, what do you Tommy, think about give, that? Give scenario? it up, Tommy. Give it up. You look like you're trying to save it. Eat up some time, Tommy, because we know what Lagreca's pick is already. So. And you yeah, know how much I like eating. Well, let me throw uh, my, You know what? Maybe I should if, throw Tommy, out Tommy, if you really wanted to be Tommy. a heel, pick Dave's match. Because <laughs> he would be so pissed off. If I wouldn't picked. be pissed, Tommy. Oh, I'm the baby face. That, Tommy? All right, no. so let me do it before. Let me throw out mine because you're in the main event, Tommy. Okay. You know, I'm I'm that lull in between, you know, the big match I'm that everyone's going to talk about it. tomorrow and the main event. I'm not, You're you know, Iron I'm Mike not. Sharp versus Jose Estrada. <laughs> That's right. That's fine. And I'm fine with that. But I have two. Now, I'm going to break the rules a little bit here. By the way, no, no, I got to tell a story. How about at the last set of impact tapings, I had my spot in the locker room. I had my own table. You know, I'm sitting there. I got my bags open. Nice. Got my food, my water. You know, I'm very particular about my area in the locker room. Everything goes well the first day of tapings. I get to the, I get to the arena the second day of tapings. And Barry Horowitz is sitting in my spot. And I walk in the dressing room and I go, Barry Horowitz, what the fuck are you doing in my spot? And he looks at me and he goes, hey, Bubba, what's going on? And you know what I did about it, Mark? Move this shit. No, I did absolutely nothing because he's been wrestling longer than me. And I had to be the good young boy and go find another spot. Damn it. See? Respect to the business. Look at you. And then before that, you had Moving out of the way for jobbers. Stop. Um, I no, no, but respectful though. You you're 100 respectful. You still use that locker room etiquette, which I can respect and appreciate. Now, I'm gonna break the rules just a little bit on this one, bully. And I know that you're not somebody that appreciates people breaking the rules, but I'm I'm gonna talk about a match that actually did happen, and it happened many times, and it happened in different companies. It's not the show, but but it didn't happen. But hold on. Listen, Tell Mark, him. I created the show. I can change the Mark, rules whenever him. I want, just like that. I didn't know Just that. like that. He just, yeah. 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 He healed yeah. on me. Yeah. He just healed on me. And I'm going to bring up a match, so again, that him. happened many times, and it happened un- under different companies, but I'm going to throw it out there because it didn't happen when it should have happened. And so it happened stage, multiple times. It did happen multiple times, but it didn't happen on the stage that it was supposed to happen on, and that was Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. That match should have happened at WrestleMania 8. That was the match that everybody wanted to see. Tell me I'm wrong, Tommy. That that was a match that everybody wanted to see, and they didn't pull. And when it actually did happen, it was too late. The we got the co-main and, events, WrestleMania. Yes, yes. That match should have happened at WrestleMania 8. That was always the dream match. Tommy, tell me if I'm wrong. That was always the match that all the magazines used to talk about. What if, what if Hogan and Flair, you know, world champion versus world champion, they had a chance to do it at WrestleMania 8 and they shit the bed. It didn't happen. So even though it did happen, it didn't happen at the time that it should have happened. Right or wrong, Tommy? 100% you are correct. Thank you, Tommy. it's, It's like when he does his power rankings. He just changes the rules whenever he wants. Now, but the one that, not to disappoint anybody and not to disappoint you, especially Bully, is, again, the dream match that never happened and, again, could have happened and should have happened. And that was Sting versus The Undertaker. 
from everything that we thought we thought we was gonna we were gonna get that at WrestleMania 27, and it didn't happen. Could have happened at WrestleMania 31. It didn't happen. Sting versus the Undertaker. Now there is, as I yell and scream about on Busted Open, there is the slight possibility that that can happen. But it has never happened. The dream match that never happened. Sting and the Undertaker. And Tommy, I think that that match still could take place at some point. Well, I don't think so um, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I feel The Undertaker is retired as well as um, I feel uh, Sting works in AEW and he was not properly used in the WWE. AEW has been the best place for him. And I just think there would have to be a lot of shenanigans and gaga to make that match. If we're booking this stuff in their prime, absolutely. But I don't think that match will ever happen, David. Sorry, let it go. Let it go. Let it go, Dave. Let it go. No, and here's why. Undertaker said it. Say it. Say my name is Dave LaGreca and I let it go. Come on. What are you Let doing with your tongue right now, Dave? I'm thinking. <laughs> He's trying to do that. I'm on Instagram picture. Uh, I did want to listen. I want to put. <laughs> Walk in one hand and pee in the other and see which one fills up first. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't get to discuss it, uh, and I won't be able to discuss it. So I'll publicly say it. Uh, Bully was right about something. The Taker's return as the American Badass was... Mm-hmm gigantic that pop was insane yes and uh i i didn't get a chance to talk to you both but i remember a long time ago when we were fantasy booking stuff bully was all about the fans wanting to see the american badass and i was like i just felt the undertaker would trump that and and he was right from a long time ago there you go he's no that's cool i appreciate that i just i I think that the that pop was insane on Monday Night Raw. People, you know, you can only yes. see the entrance so many. You, you you love it, you appreciate it, you respect it, but you can only see it so many times, and they can only put a new twist on it. You bring out the American badass, it's like holy shit. Dave, do you have any more? Can I, can I tell you a story real quick? Oh wait, no, that, Tommy, you didn't do your yeah, Marquette. So when I was in the car driving, when that match came about, and. Jacob was holding my phone watching it. And I heard the Undertaker and I was like, oh shit, Undertaker. When they hit the American Badass music, I threw my hazards on. <laughs> I pulled over on the side of the road. Nice. Deep into the grass. And me and Jacob watched it together, sitting there on the side awesome. of the road with the hazard lights on. That's dope. Because it trumped me driving. And I wanted to see it. I didn't want to just hear it. And that's the mark of great booking. That's the mark of great wrestling. That's the mark of putting yourself, putting the the fan in suspended belief. Like, I wanted to see the interaction between him and Bray Wyatt. I wanted to see what what they were going to do with L.A. Knight. And even one of the best memes I ever saw was, uh, the meme of Undertaker whispering something to Bray Wyatt in his ear, and the the subtitles were, uh, "By the way, who who the fuck is L.A. Knight?" <laughs> and I, it popped the shit out of me. But nonetheless, 
it made me interested. And that's what wrestling is all about. It's like Agreed. making everybody go, oh God, is this really happening? Tommy, what about yours? Well, uh, I told you, like, I've been thinking a lot. So as you guys were also talking, I wrote down a card. My my Ooh. perfect, I wish these matches happened. And uh, so I wrote down my own uh, fantasy. I wish these matches happened. Are you guys ready? Yes. And this is everybody in their prime. And I'm talking their prime of primes. Here we go. Vern Gagne versus Kurt Angle. Two guys who were Olympians. And I think they would have just a really classic mat grappling type of match and just I think there would be some shooting going along and you'd have a bronze guy going up against an Olympic guy so I think there's a lot uh, going on there then Billy Robinson versus Daniel Bryan a different type of match as well a very very good catch type of physical matchup and I think both guys would just really really excel Haku versus Brock Lesnar um, yeah, there you go. just pop the boys. Um, just for the reasons of that. Woo. Um, and I'm not giving it a perfect timeline because who would do jobs? Who would the perfect timeline would be in 2023 and everyone is in their prime. Um, Jack and Jerry Briscoe versus Mark and Jay Briscoe. Um, wow. if you go back and you watch the Briscoes, man, they did a lot of stuff. I mean, I watched a lot of Terry and Dory funk. And I just like think like that type of match would just be so interesting because the names and the buildup would be very, very cool. Uh, two consummate wrestlers, two consummate professionals, Brett the Hitman Hart versus Nick Bockwinkle. Um, mm -hmm. Would love to see those two guys go at it. And I'm a massive, massive Nick Bockwinkle fan. And a lot of the stuff that I saw, I never realized he was in his 50s when I was watching him in the AWA. And I could just imagine what a stud he was uh, when he was a lot younger. Here's one for the record books. And I'm talking Rick, Scott, and Braun Breaker versus the Usos and Roman Reigns. Wow. And I'm talking like innovation. I'm talking about bloodline. I'm talking about their contributions to the industry. I just think it would be an amazing six man. Uh, now I'd like to break it down to a promo segment. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes versus MJF. And just a lovely promo segment of them going back and forth. And it's evil versus good. And I think Dusty Rhodes would school the pants off of MJF, though he would be amazing. Um, my final two main events, The Undertaker versus The Great Muda. And I just think it would be a contrast of styles and that whole kind of both had superpowers, the mist, all that stuff would be an amazing match. And then... Uh, this match was supposed to happen and kind of why it's my main event, but then I just went down this whole weird rabbit hole because that's what I do. Uh, reading his book and from his friend, he had said it. It was supposed to happen, um, and it was during the time period of Hogan Andre and or after um, Bruiser Brody versus Hulk Hogan. And uh, his friend who wrote his book said, Hogan kiboshed it because they weren't if they weren't sure if brody would do proper business um and then what are you going to do if you know brody decides to shoot on you at wrestlemania we don't know if that's true oh okay i was going to say is this before or after brody and luger in the cage uh i don't it was probably after okay they're talking or maybe it was like wrestlemania two to three to four like in that area i mean brody had worked for vince's father before and uh, but then, you know, he really wasn't Bruiser Brody yet. And then he became Bruiser Brody and he would have been, 
you know, in his 40s working with Hulk Hogan. And, you know, if he beat Andre, <coughs> which was what, 87, you know, th- uh, think about the that match. They're both really, really big guys. But, you know, the the guy who wrote it, his friend Larry, um, said that match, they were discussing it and then it just never happened. And he just thought it was because they were afraid that Brody wouldn't have done business. So that's my super duper card of matches I wish I could see. Um, and that's it. That's all I got. I, like I, I love it. I, I love it. I and love I especially I especially <laughs> love the main event because when you look at Brody and Hogan, um, imagine Bruiser Brody as part of like Bobby Heenan's family, right? Um, and them having a WrestleMania match. But also you could say about I know Bruiser Brody did work in the WWF, but imagine Bruiser Brody being in that golden era of the WWF in the mid eighties. That would have been man, Bruiser Brody would have been the top heel of all time if he was able to be a part of some of those early WrestleMania matches. So, Tommy, top to bottom, I thought that was an awesome card. Thank you. And you also think about if he would have went to WWE, would he have then even went to Puerto Rico and all that stuff, True. you know, happened to him. So it's it's just, it's weird how life uh, takes its different courses. I want to add one more before we leave. And we talked about this, I think, last Monday. <laughs> I think this would be the WrestleMania match, the WrestleMania main event of all WrestleMania main events. Oh, I got you. Hogan versus Austin. It'd be good. The two biggest WrestleMania draws in history. No? I was going to say the two biggest draws of all time in wrestling. And Hogan would be in the match. But it will be against gorgeous George. Wow. And you can be gorgeous, but what you gonna do when the 24-inch pythons are wrapped up around your neck? And Gorgeous George, and I guess it was 1952, I think it was, like sold out the Coliseum in Los Angeles. 48,000 people in the 50s. Come on, man. That's gotta be fucking good enough. No, it's it's great, and but you know what? Like, Bully just threw out a scenario. Think about it. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the top draw in one era against Hulk Hogan, the top top draw in another era. If if most people, if they would put the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling, would probably have Hogan and Stone Cold on that Mount Rushmore. Yeah. But still, when he threw it, still when he threw it out, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I, it, it sounds crazy, but I don't know if I'm 100 percent sold on that match, and I don't know okay. why. And I don't because, know why. Because on paper, you know what? It, it, in a weird way, it doesn't sound right to me either. But why did Steve and Rock feel right? Or why did Hogan and Warrior feel right? If you think about like how Hulk was always booked, he I mean, Andre, bigger, Bundy, bigger. The first one he was in, um, you know, that tag match. Hogan always had like four also his draws, which a lot of people don't really understand was sympathy and that sympathy was also for his his comeback and like when he had all those guys to work against like you know dave's thing he had sid because you could get sympathy on him he would love somebody like you know mark henry because mark would squeeze him to death and like he'd sell his ribs so i mean and like steve was a different type of ass kicker but then you know you think about generations bigger versus small i like I love Mark Henry's, you know, decision uh, with Gorgeous George, but if you put the two of them next to each other, like, or think about if Vince saw the two of them next to each other, like, but, but I, Tommy, I got to interrupt. 
But tell me, I got to interrupt because one of one of Hogan's greatest opponents was Roddy Piper, and Roddy Piper size wise wasn't even near Hulk Hogan, but he was able to do it. They did the first the first WrestleMania, and it was in a tag. I Dave, I agree with you, but like Savage, you know Savage Hogan, they had a great rivalry. They put a great story in there. But when was Savage able to get his heat? Was when he has when he used Elizabeth as his distraction. I mean, there's a lot that people can learn from watching a Hulk Hogan match if you're a babyface. But the main thing about Hogan, even though he was, um, you know, six foot whatever and 300 and jacked to the gills, he would sell his ass off. Why? Because yeah. he knew that Hulk Hogan comeback. Or even like people like I laugh when they say, oh, I'm a big man. I can't take bumps. I watched friggin' Andre the Giant go for a backdrop and get kicked up and sold it like he got shot from a shotgun. And that was the heat spot. And it's all how you sell it. But it was all the story beforehand. Um, and, and then to the other point with like Bully, where you say the two biggest draws, I have to rake your eyes. And then I say, Roman Reigns is the biggest draw. Because how many WrestleManias has he packed which had bigger houses than Roman than Reigns is not drawing the house at WrestleMania. The WWE is drawing the house I get at it, WrestleMania. I'm saying the proverbial. I I agree with the last few, but these last two with the bloodline and all that stuff. Who's Roman? I, yeah, but no. I'm, I, I agree with you, but I'm saying if I'm on top, who drew the house? I'm on top. I I see what you're saying, but it was no it was no comparison to uh, Steve Austin and Hogan. I respect the fuck out of Roman, but he's not drawing like, even though the numbers say right now, because the numbers are not just in the arena. Back then, you, you I mean, you had the uh, public access type numbers, but they were nothing like the international numbers and the social media numbers and all of that stuff of today. Like, yeah. it, I mean, it's, it's a problem with errors. Yes. Like, but when Dave always said it best, like when William wrestled in the Northeast, there was a 10,000 people difference in yeah. who was in the crowd. Yep. You might get, you might get 4,000, 5,000 people for a, a regular card, but if you put Hogan on that card, you got 15,000. Yep. Yeah. Sold out. It, it, and, and, even, and I even say that. I even say that with I, I say it on the on the air all the time. Even with Stone Cold, as much and listen, Stone Cold's up there. He's one of the greatest of all time. Please, no disrespect. But if Stone Cold wasn't on the show, it was still sold out because of everybody else that you had a part of that era in in the WWF. I mean, so I've been there. I've been on a sold out show when Stone Cold was there, and I've been at a sold out show when Stone Cold wasn't there. But not Hogan. If Hogan's on the show, sell out. If he's not on the show, I. It'd be four or five thousand people in that bill. You weren't getting a sellout if Hogan wasn't on the card, right? And I don't know if there's, I, guys, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know if there's any other wrestler can that, that can make that claim in the last fifty years. I don't know if there's another wrestler that can make that claim. You would have to go back to Gorgeous George, who was yes. in the fifties. Yes, that was a draw like that. In our lifetime, I think it's only Hogan in our lifetime. Yeah. Dave, do you know how many uh, WrestleManias Roman's main evented now? He's 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 main evented a lot. I mean, he may he main evented uh, thirty. He main evented uh, thirty one. He main evented thirty three. He main evented thirty four. He main he main evented uh, 
this past year's WrestleMania. Tommy, let me ask you this. If Roman Reigns was not main eventing these WrestleManias, are you saying they would not have drawn as good of a house as they did? No. No, they would not have? Or no, you're not saying that? No, I'm not saying that. I, I okay. agree the, the lore of WrestleMania like now will just sell out. It's and the it's Super like, Bowl. Nobody gives a shit who's in the Super Bowl. They just want right. to go to the Super Bowl. I, I get it. Like I, we, when Mark said it's also generational, think if Joe Montana played football today like and had that dynasty the Niners had, it would be insane. But it was just different. It's different generation. But we you saw Tom Brady away. do it. <laughs> yeah. You can't take anything away from what Roman's doing. But True. it's def definitely the company is now selling out WrestleMania. Whereas I go back to that old that story about WrestleMania three when Vince and Hulk were taking a tour of the Pontiac Silverdome, and the general manager of the Superdome or whoever runs the place turned around and asked them, "Do you really think you can sell this place out?" And Hogan said, "Do you know who's on top, brother?" Hulk knew Hogan and Andre. Hogan and Andre drew ninety three thousand fans. Yes, correct. Yes. Not the WWF. No, because right. you know everybody loves to say that Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat stole the show, and I'm not arguing that they didn't. But bully, you know, because you watched it on closed circuit just like I did when we were walking out of that venue. All anybody was talking about was Hogan and Andre. Nobody was talking about Steamboat and Savage. And as great as that match was, that match. Would have maybe filled an arena, but it wasn't filling a stadium of 93,000 no. fans. And let me tell you something, Dave. And I I know when people hear this, they're going to be like, Bubba's crazy. This is a stretch. Give me and Tommy or me and Mark or Mark and Tommy three months to figure out a match. We'll steal the show, too. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And everything was written out in that match. And again, I'm not taking anything away from that match. This is a general conversation because... You know what, Bully and Tommy and Mark? I was never a Hogan guy. I was never a Hogan fan. I never owned a Hulkamania t-shirt or, or held up in an arena a yellow foam finger with Hulk Hogan's name on it. But I got to give respect where respect is due. Hogan was the only performer I have ever seen in my 40-plus years as a fan that, the, like Mark said, the difference was 20,000 or 5,000. He's the only person I can say that about. I can't say that about. And you want to know something? I don't think there'll ever be a performer in pro wrestler, pro wrestling that will ever be able to do that again. Because I don't think they create it that way ever again. I think Hulk Hogan is something that we'll never see in our lifetime ever mm -hmm. again. I think the next time you see one person um, take a company on its back and carry it is going to be when the business eventually crumbles. Like when the Roman empire finally crumbled and there had to be a rebuilding. If the WWE were to ever fall, it might revert back to how it was back in the day where we got to get one guy really hot, just like Hulk Hogan got really hot, just like Steve Austin got really hot. And you, we could sit here and have this conversation. Was Rocky as hot as Hogan or Austin? Was Triple H as hot as Rocky or Austin? Was The Undertaker as hot as Rocky? Michaels. None of these guys, they were hot, but they weren't as hot as Hogan and Austin. That's why I'm saying there's so many levels. True. There's so many levels to this. And 
when you get when you get closer to the top, there actually becomes more levels. Because look at all the guys that are on the bottom or in the middle. There's a shitload, but as you get to the top, it's like when you go from, yeah, you're in the main event, but can you be in the main event every single night and sell the place out every single night? Mark, you know this because you were there before me and Tommy. I remember this. Tommy, I'm sure you remember this a little bit. Dave, we would used to, we'd walk into the house shows. Okay. This is in 99. And Mark probably was experiencing this in 98 also. You'd walk into the house shows in 20,000-seat arenas. You'd go look at the lineup, and Jack Lanza would write, sold out 600,000, sold out 585,000, sold out 700,000. Every night was sold out, and that was the gate on any given night. Half a million dollar gate every night. To the point where you took it for granted. I remember when we were in either Chicago or Detroit, and it was you, Bubba, Ron, and John, and they were tarping off the tops. And you guys looked, and you're like, you're like, and then Ron and very infinite Ron, he goes, attach the WCW shit. And because the business was on a downer and like that's what ron was like and i was just and they were you, they both walked away kind of pissed and you're like dude i've never seen this since i've been here this place has always been sold out and it wasn't and it was just like again like you said sometimes empires fall and you gotta wait till them to get uh brought back up dave you know how i always talk about the pop dying by just one person yeah you know, 20,000 people popping every single night, but on one night, 19,999 people pop. And there's that one person who doesn't get out of their seat. That's when you start to worry. So on the night that Tommy's talking about was one of the first nights I ever saw them take out a tarp and block off a section of the upper deck. And Ron knew, because Ron's been in this business a lot longer and John's been in the business a lot longer. When that starts, that that's a domino right there. That's a domino falling. Because we've been in that building half a dozen times, sold out, but now we're there and it's not sold out. What's wrong? Most people just go, yeah, but it's just one section in the 300s. But now one section leads to two. It leads to half of the arena. And before you know it, the entire top is, you know, and look at the trickle-down effect. But Bully, would it be safe to say that your matches then the person who created the WWE and the person who saved the WWE when you look at Hogan and Stone Cold? No doubt. Without Hulk Hogan, there is no Hulkamania. Yeah, Without no Steve Austin, there yep. is no Attitude Era. Somebody make an argument for it. We can, listen, we can talk all day about how great Rocky was. Right? Yep. Imagine Steve is not there for Rocky to work up to. Yeah. Plus, Stone Cold's been on this show and rock. Imagine hasn't. Vince is not there. And and remember, we spoke about this with Austin. Imagine Vince is not there for Austin to work up to. Or McFoley. Or the the Because all the you guys rock. were fucking on fire. They yeah. I mean you, you, the, the entire company was on fire. 
And that's also, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, you could have The Rock off the show. It's a sellout. You could have Stone Cold off the show. It's Because you had such a roster full of stars and personalities and characters. Like, it's, it's, impo- it's you wanted to see everybody. Everybody had a story. Everybody was must-see. It was a magical era in pro wrestling. But, again, we got off the track. I don't even remember what we were doing the show on. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dream matches. Fantasy matches. Uh, there, there you go. Fantasy matches that had never happened. Bully, Tommy, Mark, thank you guys so much. Great show today. Hell of a show. Yes. And for the Rafta. If you liked what you hear, subscribe to SiriusXM. You can listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday for three hours a day, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Also, please subscribe to the Busted Open podcast. Give us a five-star rating. You know what? If Meltzer could give seven stars to a match, you can give us five stars on our podcast. And also tell your friends, it's free right here. So we'll be back next Sunday. This drops every Sunday. We'll be back next Sunday when myself, Mark, Bully, and Tommy are back right here on the Busted Open podcast. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.